Hi, you're listening to Kate and Catherine, and we're going to show you how to find your Prince Charming so that you can finally live happily ever after <laughs> forever and ever. No. No. <laughs> no. We are definitely not going to do that. We are sick of that story, and it's a lie. It is a lie. You're listening to The New Truth, a modern woman's guide to extraordinary love. We are going to show you how the fairy tale love story stops you from experiencing the love you truly desire. Listen to hear how to break free from sacrifice and struggle in relationship. And learn the new truth about love in a way that you've never heard it before. We're so happy you're here. Keep listening. Hello, beautiful. Welcome to the New Truth Podcast, episode 95, how to break free from old limiting beliefs around love. I am super pumped for this episode. Catherine could not be with us today, um, but we have my beautiful, one of my besties, one of my favorite humans in the world, the beautiful Dana Shutch. I don't even know how to say your last name properly. Shallot? Shallot. I'm like, Shallot? That's an onion. Normal. I like sh I like shallots. <laughs> um, Dana and I fell in love in Costa Rica on my journey there, which you all know I was on back in um, earlier this year. And she was my roomie for a while. We lived in pretty epic abundance together in a gorgeous house and went on some many, many magical adventures. And this woman um, has such a profound perspective on life and on love and on everything. And we were just in such beautiful synergy together. So I had to share her with you. Um, she's a certified hypnotherapist. She's a transformational teacher and coach. Um, and just a freaking amazing human being who does so much good in the world, brings so much change. I'd love for you to even talk about that stuff. Like she just gives back so much and has created so much impact in so many amazing places in the world. Um, she's originally from Toronto, but has just recently settled settled down, for lack of a better term, in Costa Rica, Nosara, Costa Rica. I'm, I'm heading back there in the fall to join her. And she is just a powerhouse. When we lived together, I had this experience with Dana where I just felt like she she just kept reminding me how to reprogram even my my day-to-day -day thoughts and the things that I was saying out loud. And I found that since we lived together, I've just become so much more mindful of every thought and, and more mindful of how I'm talking to myself, what I'm believing, because Dana truly, she's not just a hypnotherapist. She actually lives and breathes her work. And she's, she's really uh, created a, you know, process for herself where she does self-hypnosis on herself every day. And so it was so profound to witness that. And that's why I wanted to have her on here because so much of what we experience around love and our limitations and our fears and our insecurities around love come from old patterns, old programming, old stories that aren't even relevant anymore. And it's possible to rewrite your story and to start believing something different. So Dana has so much amazingness to share today. I'm so excited to share her with you. She's such a firecracker. She's so much fun. And um, yeah, she's just such a boss. So I'm super excited to share her. And I would actually love, I mean, you can say whatever you want to start off with, but I would love to hear 
like your love life and how it's changed from pre hip self hypnosis and, and really doing the inner, uh, inner work on yourself to now. Oh, okay. Amazing. Hello. Thanks for having me. I'm such a (laughs) fan of the podcast, such a fan of you, as you know, and (laughs) honored to be on here. Uh, I am Dana Shalit. I am a recovering fantasy addict, like so many, so many of you women listening right now. And uh, I am 39 years old. I've had some unbelievable learnings over my lifetime in love, in relationship, in relationship, in, uh, you know, really uh, in experiencing um, myself, I would say, my experience of self over the last several years specifically. So really excited to share what I've learned and how I, what my journey has been to really reprogram myself and find my own peace, harmony, worthiness, and so on. Mm. And so what was it like before when you were dating and when you were out there in relationships, like when you, when you weren't in touch with how freaking worthy you are? Yeah, I would say that I was wearing many, many masks. I was, you know, obsessed with proving, with being perfect. Uh, I, mm. uh, you know, used communication as a tool for, I often call it manipulation, really, about like putting myself in a certain light and, you know, expecting mm. something in return. I had a lot of expectations from the masculine, a lot of predetermined ways of behavior for myself. And uh, I had a lot of short term relationships. I had several long term relationships. Uh, I considered myself free, but ultimately I wasn't happy. And uh, anytime there was a breakup, it would like turn me into like a puddle of I'm not enough. Something must be wrong with me. When's mm. it going to be my turn? I was like, drowning in the desire to find a partner so that I could finally be worthy and, mm. you know, and finally like feel like my life was complete. And so did you have, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I feel like there's going to be a lot of, a lot of relating. Did you have long-term relationships? And, and when you, like, if you did, like, what, what was it like? Um, Did that feeling of not being worthy go away or like, how, how were you in relationships? Can you tell us an example of a yeah, there's so, there's so many. I'm, you know, being 39, I feel like I've had so many beautiful relationships uh, and some that weren't, you know, were very, very painful. Um, mm. But that's really what, how I would describe them with a lack of peace. Uh, and, and my body would reflect that lack of peace. I would usually gain a lot of weight. Uh, mm. It would be really tumultuous. Often in those relationships, I would feel even lonelier inside of the relationship than I did when I was single. And that was like a big aha. I was waiting for Uh, the one, if you will. And it was, you know, now I look back and, um, well, I'm a different person, different human being all around now, but I just, there was so much stuff I dealt with that I put up with just under the guise of being in relationship that I wouldn't Mm. put on with, let's say my, my female relationships. I wouldn't put up with half that stuff. Right. 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 So, so what, like, was there a certain caliber, like kind of guy that you would attract when you were in that unworthiness dating old with your, of course, the title is old limiting beliefs around love. So when you had your old limiting beliefs around love, was there a certain type of guy that you'd attract or certain type of relationship? Yeah, for sure. Um, often, you know, I don't know if you've, any of you guys have heard this, people would say to me, oh, it must be hard to date when you're so successful. 
Uh, I don't know if mm-hmm. you've heard that before. Or intimidating. Those, You're yeah, intimidating. intimidating. La, la, la. <laughs> or, uh, you know, so I would say that I would attract the type of guy that would have a hard time standing beside me when I was really in my power. So they just mm. wouldn't often show up in general. So I was going through the big moments of my life on my own anyways and bless them honestly mm. bless every relationship I've ever had I really see that they've been uh, a, a stepping stone for me to become who I meant to become uh, but uh, one maybe not so kind term I would I used to refer to is like you'll do you'll do's and that mm. I did that a lot sexually and a lot in relationship because I was so obsessed with finding the one that I was like mm-hmm. do you take off all my boxes like on the outside is that enough to and then I would dive in with everything I had and there was just always something something off because honestly I just didn't know myself and yes. uh, I put it all on them that outer gratification mm. That fantasy. Mm-hmm. This is it's so good hearing this story because every freaking episode, as you know, is just unpacking different ways that we do this in love and that we don't know ourselves. And women go into dating and love really not set up for success because nobody tells us we need to know ourselves. All the only message we get growing up is you just gotta find love. You just gotta, you know, get married and check those boxes. And, um, so yeah, it's nice hearing, hearing the story. So when you, when you got down to like what the limiting beliefs were, because some people don't even know what limiting beliefs are probably that are listening. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, how would you describe limiting beliefs and what were the core ones that were running underneath that kept you from really letting love in? So as a hypnotherapist, we're constantly looking for the underlying emotion and the underlying belief. And often it goes back to five main limiting beliefs that all of our behaviors are coming from on one level or another. It's I'm not worthy. I'm not enough. I'm not lovable. I don't belong or I'm rejected. They go hand in hand. And then the last piece is, which is what I want is not available to me. And, Mm. you know, for me, that was my biggest belief. Once I started to remove the residue of like the not enoughness, the worthiness, there was still something underlying. And ultimately my belief was was that what I want was not available to me. The love I wanted was not available to me. The caliber of, of King that I wanted to partner with was not available to me. Peace and harmony were not available to me. So underneath Mm. it all, you know, when you believe that you start to seek out relationships, which are tumultuous relationships that are reflecting back to you that which you already believe. So when I felt like I was not enough, my boyfriend at the time would actually say to me like, whoa, you're a lot right now. Like he would actually say those words to me. Mm. Right. Because other people are constantly reflecting back to you. Yeah. What you believe about yourself. Yeah, this is so important. It's such an important thing. You know, it's interesting. We don't talk a ton about limiting beliefs on these episodes. I'm so happy that we're having this conversation because it is really at the core, all the work that I do with women at the core of every every struggle we have is a, is a a faulty belief. Like when women are over-functioning and they're in self-sacrificer mode and they're trying to control everything, like underneath it all, they don't feel, they don't feel worthy or they don't feel good enough. So they're working on overdrive to try and prove to themselves. And then underneath that, like to their dad or to their, you know, one of their parents or something stemming usually from childhood, um, they're still trying to prove that through their behavior. And that's when the patterns. So Catherine and I talked so much about the patterns, but we don't necessarily talk a lot about the beliefs that are driving the patterns. So this conversation is so freaking important because all of our patterns and all of our funky behaviors that we do, you know, coming back to relationship, even 
um, even women who attract amazing partners that aren't tumultuous and that aren't toxic or aren't, you know, painful relationships. If your patterns are running the show and you have a belief that you're not enough, no matter how much someone loves you and pours into you, you won't be able to fully let it in. So, and there's ways that the saboteur in my speak, um, will self-sabotage you from actually having, receiving and letting love in because on some level, there's this fractured part of you or this kink inside of you that is holding on to this belief that's actually not true. That's right. And it starts so early. The programming of the mind starts so early. You know, I know you and I talk a lot about these fantasies that we get from, you know, movies, from fairy tales. It doesn't matter that, you know, he's a beast and has you locked up in a tower, like love on him, you know, see the best in him. Yes. Like you're just, you start to look back and say those, that belief of I'm not worthy is ingrained into us as women Mm -hmm. so early on. That belief is that your worthiness is attached to how much you do for the masculine, which Mm -hmm. actually completely makes you so imbalanced. It doesn't, you don't even know how to receive. You're just an overdrive. Like you said, giving, 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 proving, proving, over-functioning because one day I'll be worthy. And that, you know, that prince will cherish me and choose me. And then I will ride happily ever after into the sunset. Right. Yeah. That's where it all went wrong. I mean, (laughs) there's other places too, but really, it really fucked us up. But we love to talk about like how fairy tales fucked us up because it's, I mean, the it's so wild, the, the, the worthiness, like, you know, also at the root of almost every woman is like, we don't have worth unless we're in relationship and that our worth, you know, how many single women are beating themselves up because they're single or are feeling like there's something wrong with them because they don't have a partner or are choosing a partner from a place of that belief that I'm not worthy unless I'm in relationship, unless I'm married, unless someone has chosen me, like the programming runs so freaking deep. And because of it, I mean, I have like, (laughs) my work is like recovery program for divorced women because they, you know, how many of them just made that choice out of the pressure to partner because of this fucked up patriarchal system and this fairy tale conditioning that a woman has no worth without partnership, that she has no worth without love. And it's not like saying this is not to discount the power of relationship. Relationships are an amazing tool and a way to grow, but where are you making the choice to get into relationship from? Is it from disempowerment? Is it from, you know, fear? Is it from fear that, that, you know, you're not going to have love if you don't just settle for what's in front of you. Um, there's just so much distortion around it because of this programming. Absolutely. And I, that's exactly what happened to me. I got to this point where I said, you know, I am a successful, powerful woman. I live an abundant life. I love my life. I am so I have unbelievable relationship in my life. So I am not in a, you know, a special relationship with a man that's on a track to get married and having babies. So that's not you know, where I'm at right now, but you know, you I, me. <laughs> but I'm happiness. And I, and, and so what if that's not my path? How do I reprogram myself so that I can, if my life was to end tomorrow, if it was to end next week, find my peace in this present moment, you know, that I'm perfect, whole and complete just the way I am. There's nowhere to get to, uh, and to start to look at all the systems that I've developed to manipulate the masculine into becoming what I needed it to be so that I felt worthy. And that includes mm-hmm. sex in a certain way, 
That includes using my emotions in a certain way to, you know, get them to like me and, you know, and offer me what it is that I think I deserve, which is the forever happily ever after all of that. I started to unravel when I said, I choose to be anchored in myself and this present moment. What does that look like moving forward? Yes. Which is so important. This is, I mean, this conversation is so important because so many of the women we talk to who are loving, who love the podcast is like, there's always the question of, but how, but how, like, how do I, and I love that we're going to, we will get into that today, which is so cool because there are, and I highly encourage you to work with hypnotherapists, work with that. I mean, you obviously can't take on every single person on the podcast, but I've done hypno hypnosis with you and it was absolutely life-changing. And it's so amazing. Like hypnotherapy is so powerful because it bypasses we, so much of what we're doing. Even listening to a podcast is the sub is the conscious mind and hypnotherapy gets into the, the sort of, um, you know, uh, underbelly, <laughs> the underbelly, which is the sub, it's like the, if you think of a, um, an iceberg, the subconscious mind is the, the massive iceberg that's actually underneath the water that we can't see that we don't even know is playing out. We're all working on overdrive, trying to prove we're good enough and worthy and lovable and don't even know that we're doing it. That's right. That's right. It's the 90% of the mind that we're all of our thoughts, behaviors, actions are coming from. Uh, but it is in a, in a loop. It's in a pattern. It usually happens at the time when we start to form our ego. Our ego is just a symbol of the separation where we start to feel like, oh, I'm in a body. I'm separate from other people. I, you know, my happiness comes from outer experiences. The ego starts to be developed. And with that comes those core self-limiting beliefs of something happens. What decision did you make about yourself? Mm. And then how have you been replaying that loop ever since? Yes. And so how did you, I mean, I imagine through hypnosis, but how did you break free from, um, from the before and after? Like, so you had all these patterns running the show, your saboteur, your shadow, your ego is running the show in your relationships. And then like, what was the journey? Like, can you tell us a little bit about your story and what was the journey like to get to where you are? Because I have to share Dana, like I talked about Dana in, I didn't say your name, but in the queen, how to date like a queen episode, because living with her and watching her have different types of relationships while we were together and just watching you. And it was so perfect because we would just have these epic conversations supporting each other in being a queen in our lives in so many ways. Um, but it was so beautiful to watch you really embody everything that we teach on the podcast and watch you really not ever, um, you know, give like sacrifice yourself for someone else and like even make meaning of someone else's choices, behaviors, ways that they were showing up. You, like, I just watched you not personalize it. And, you know, you just handled everything so differently with every connection that I witnessed you have. So yeah, I would love to hear a little bit about the transition of how you got from being that manipulative, <laughs> needy, whatever, like avoidant, anxious, all the things, um, um, woman to, to being, to being where you are now. Yeah. So it's, it's been a journey and it continues to be a journey as I, you know, uh, continue to peel the layers of myself. And I really think that it starts with that. It starts with peeling the layers. One of my favorite, uh, quotes is from the course in miracles. And it says your task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find the barriers within yourself that you have yes. built against it. It's my favorite. And so that is like that 
quote is within me. What barriers have I built? You know, we came yes. into this world, perfect, full and complete, an extension of source energy of love, completely expressed with no issues. And then something happens. Mm -hmm. So hypnotherapy is just a fancy word for saying we do the therapy while in that calm subconscious state, meaning we calm the nervous system, we get ourselves to the place right before we fall asleep. And then we insert, we do one of two things. One, we regress, meaning we start to walk down memory lane and look at the core memories that reflect that. And then the second is we reprogram by inserting new beliefs, new commands. So for myself, when I, and you can do this by going into a deep meditation and allowing your mind to wander to memories. You can do it with the facilitation of a trained hypnotherapist. And for myself, when I received this hypnotherapy, there was, you know, this core moment and it's going to seem crazy because it's not usually the big things that happen that make us feel unlovable. It was a core moment. It was, mm. I was four years old. My dad came back from work. This is a memory that popped up. My dad came back from work. I ran up to him and I said, dad, 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 you're home from work. And he said, I just need a minute. Mm. Still gives me shivers. Yeah. Not his fault. Natural parental reaction. Yes. That's why I always yes. say to my friends who are parents, like your job is to screw up your children. Like I have the best parents in the world and my dad yes. is so supportive. But you know, that one sentence he said in that moment, I believe that what I want is not available to me. And yes. from that point on, I started to date men who were either, you know, weren't that into me so that I would yeah. chase them or were really into me and I wouldn't be into them. I don't know if that's a familiar pattern to anybody else, right? So, uh, you know, I started to, um, you know, get, go down this path. There was this spark of awareness that, you know, I don't truly believe that. I know that I am worthy, uh, worthy and enough. I know that I'm worthy and enough, but I needed to, you know, I needed to really look at myself and say, when did it start? What do I really believe? Now let's insert new beliefs into yes. you know, my subconscious. Yes. Yeah. So important. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's so wild because this is, it's the, it, it, there's so many micro moments as kids, like so many things. I remember, um, you and I were doing a session and like things came, memories came out, like being at camp when I was like, 10 years old and having my first crush on a boy and he didn't even notice me and he had a crush on someone else. And then I left camp and, and convinced my parents to let me dye my hair red to look, to, to look more like that girl. And it was like that moment where I decided other girls, like this girl is who I needed to be and they needed to stop being me. And I, th I feel so heartbroken when I think that when I picture myself that young and like, that that's what I made that mean. And it's like these micro moments where, you know, in, in other people's just living their lives, doing their thing. Our parents, of course, are constantly like, there's some parents who, some people who had toxic, unhealthy childhoods and others who had loving parents who, you know, that your parents get stressed out. They have a moment they need, they, they're a human. And, um, and it's so wild to see like as little kids, how much that shapes how we see the world and what we believe about ourselves, which is part of the human experience, mm -hmm. but also, Contrast. yes, it's part of the human experience, but also, I mean, it's all, it's, empty and meaningless. <laughs> exactly. It's like, we're here to have that experience to, to lose ourselves so that we can f find ourselves again, so that we exactly. can remember again. And that's where our evolution comes in, which, exactly. you know, 
And I was on a journey to really, in every area of life, to really be on a journey of inner gratification. So, Mm. you know, the dark night of the soul happens when all of your outdoor attachments get taken away from you. And and for me, I had that experience of if I'm not my job, if I'm not, you know, perfect and, and because I'm married, if I don't look a certain way, if I don't make a certain amount of money, who am I? And ultimately, yes. I am that spark of consciousness. I am worthy, whole and complete just the way I am because of my essence. And so mm-hmm. as I continued to go down this path of being like my inner peace is my job, I give that to myself, then what is in the way of that? And a lot of things came up. A lot of self-limiting beliefs came up. A lot of inner dialogue came up. Again, I, I talk about the way I used uh, you know, sex as a vehicle towards worthiness, the kind of people mm. allowed I allowed into my space yes. that I wouldn't usually allow into my space. All of that started to unravel uh, as I mm. started to choose myself and become responsible for how I felt. Right. Wow. Yes. That is such a key word. Like that's the core of the work that I do with women is if you don't have responsibility for everything that's happening inside of you, you're powerless to other people. And then you just live a ridiculously painful, torturous, suffering life when, and this is, I mean, I say this with so much love. I lived in this place for a very long time and, you know, of just constantly internalizing everything, making meaning of everything, you know, beating myself up constantly for the, what I have perceived the ex world, external world around me to, to mean. And ultimately, like once you learn how to take radical responsibility and, and what this means, we talk so much about this on the podcast. It's like when you go on a date and you feel pain, like you feel rejected, you feel, you know, you feel he's not into you, he's not showing up for you and you feel not worthy and you feel like you need to contort yourself. You want to convince him to love you or whatever, like that's your own pain. And that was there way before that guy showed up and didn't text you back or whatever the, whatever the story is. And same with our pleasure like all that beautiful, you know, ecstasy and turn on and, and sensuality and, and excitement and giddiness you feel when you have an amazing connection, also you. And so when we learn to take responsibility for our feelings and, you know, especially our pain and being willing to go into it and uncover, okay, why is this hurt so bad? What's actually underneath this? And that's what your work does so beautifully is help us access Everything I remember learning in counseling, in counseling school, everything has roots. Every activation or trigger that we have has roots. It's not, you're not actually upset for the reason you think in this moment, you think it's, you know, the guy that broke your heart. You think it's your friend who said something rude to you. You think it's your boss who cut you off, but it's not, you're never upset for the reason you think it runs. And so that's what hypnosis is so beautiful to illuminate those micro moments that pop up. And it's like, Oh, this isn't even about this moment. That's right. It's uh, the only reason it's triggering is because on some level we believe it to be true. If I said to you, you're a pink elephant, you're a pink elephant. You'd be like, okay. Like, you know, because you're, you're, I'm not, I know I'm not. Yeah. So it's like not, yeah. it doesn't do anything. But when someone says to you, you know, when you do f- go face to face with rejection, I actually did recently. I, uh, I was dating yes. someone and, and he totally out of nowhere said, yeah, I'm just not that into you. And this is how I knew I had grown. I know it's so surprising. I just don't understand, but that's how I knew I had grown. <laughs> I was, I, I really, I had this moment, the old feeling of rejection got triggered in my heart. Oh gosh, here we go again. And I like felt this overwhelming grounding of being like, my worthiness has nothing to do with your words to me right now. 
I mm. am that I am. And yes. it has nothing to do with what somebody else has. And it was like this moment of adjusting the crown and remembering I'm not triggered mm. this by this right now because there's nothing someone else can say to me that will knock me off mm. of my, um, my um, I'm anchored. I'm anchored in my worthiness as a woman and as a divine being here to express my creativity outwards. And that came from realizing that this loop of unworthiness started so early on. I made decisions about myself when I didn't even know I was making decisions. And now those decisions are mine to change. And that's when you take radical responsibility, like you call it. And I love all of your words and, mm. and really start to reprogram. I am for the whole and complete. I am a divine extension of source. I am that I am. I am love. I am pure source. All of those affirmations are the new things that start to run through your head versus the old ones once mm -hmm. you, you know, clear out the closet. Yes. And, and I think that, you know, it's so important, like this working with the subconscious and clearing out the closet of all these faulty beliefs that are and programs that are running the show, learning how to replace them with new programs. You know, in my work, I call it your saboteur and your heroine, yes. the heroine needs a voice too. And like, what is she anchoring into? And, you know, language that's, that, that matters to you. Cause I think we're all so unique. So to just say, I don't really believe in aff affirmations where you're just looking in the mirror and you're like, oh, I'm worthy and complete. Like it's because that's the conscious trying to deal with the, con no, it's not going to work. You have to go way deep into the subconscious in order to, for the reprogram to happen. But what I witnessed you do when we were living together and witnessing you build connections with men and like keep your heart so open as like I kept seeing, and even with how you run your business and just, I, I kept witnessing you having health, like healthy conversations with yourself and you would catch me every time I'd say something that was limiting and I wouldn't even notice that I was saying something that was limiting and you'd, you'd, you'd give me a new way to say it. And it was just like, whoa, how many micro moments are we telling ourselves something that's actually just limiting us from experiencing what we want to experience? So Definitely. I imagine for you, like with the reprogramming, there was also, there's also a, a process where you also had to commit to showing up for yourself in new ways. Cause it's not just the reprogramming, but also your behavior and what you tolerate and don't tolerate. Yes. Absolutely. It's standing up for, uh, for yourself. And, and, you know, I always say like desires are a great reflection of your boundaries and your boundaries create your desires as well. They go hand in hand. So becoming really in tune with yourself and for myself, when I was looking at really, what did I want in relationship? If it's, it's not just the husband and the babies, right? Like it's not really what we want. We want to feel a certain way. And yes. for myself, I wanted to feel cherished. I wanted to mm. feel chosen. I wanted to be in, and a deep, connected, intimate relationship with a man. And so it had to start with myself. It had yes. to start with a deep, connected relationship with self. It had to start with a deep, connected, cherishing, choosing of myself above all others. Start giving myself that which I seek from the masculine, that which I seek from the outer world. Start by giving it to myself and notice that I am an incredible relationship all around me. It just doesn't take on the mm -hmm. old paradigm like you so beautifully express. You and I are in an incredible, incredible relationship. Yes. We yes, had the most beautiful, deep conversations. I was surrounded by men in my life mm. that I was in deep relationship with that I just even wasn't even noticing. Like my brothers and my dad and incredible friends, it didn't need to look a certain way for it mm -hmm. to have value. And mm -hmm. the value was in self-worth had to start within myself.
Yeah. Oh my God. This is, uh, this is so beautiful. I'm so happy we're having this conversation. It's, this is just, it's, it is everything. I mean, it's really the summary of everything we talk about. The old paradigm of love keeps women. It keeps us believing shitty things about ourselves. It keeps us living such a limited life. And even just thinking like, how, how horrible is it? Like how much pressure is it? Oh, once I have, you know, love, once I have the guy, then I'll feel so amazing. Then I'll be happy. Then I'll have everything I ever wanted. And it's like, how much fucking pressure is that on a relationship? Like, I'm sorry, but my relationships didn't work out good when I thought that you know, I had this romantic fantasy notion that they were going to be everything to me. It ended up being, I ended up being bitter and resentful after, you know, six months to a year. Cause I was like, Hey, in the beginning you were everything to me and now you're not giving me everything. And it's, it's such right. a setup. It's such a setup. And then of course there's the women who are like, okay, that's a setup. That's, that doesn't feel good. So I, I don't believe in relationships. And then they swing to the total opposite end of the spectrum and keep their hearts shut down from love. And it's about like when we open to love, actually, that's the name of Catherine's program, Open to Love. I love that. When we open to love, it's exactly what you said. It's like opening to love is opening to love in your life. Like I have so much freaking love in my life and, you know, so many people that I have deep, deep, deep loving relationships with. And I live in Greece and in Costa Rica and like all these magical places with all these magical people because I created my life that way because I changed my limiting beliefs that I had about myself and kept opening it to learning how to receive more and more and more. And now like, there's just so much fulfillment. It's imagine being for all the women listening, you know, if you're single or even you're and longing for love or even in a relationship and not happy, imagine taking responsibility for your life so much so that you just open your heart to receiving an epic life and to actually experiencing love in every area of your life with people and places and experience, like so much is available to us. But when we're trapped in that old paradigm, we're just constantly limited. That's right. It's we're constantly either in the past or in the future with the old yeah. paradigm of love. Yes. Yes. Paradigm love is about being present in love of self in yes. relationship with God, source, the cosmos, the universe, whatever you want to call it. And then inviting someone into that space who is perfect, whole and complete on their own and using that combined energy of love to transform the world, inner peace yes. for world peace, right? That's the, that's the under, underneath it all. That's what we can create with a new paradigm of love, a real yes. shift in perspective for the world. I know it's a yes. utopia, femtopia, as I like to call it, but it's a really, you know, balanced way of uh, exchanging energy versus I'm going to suck all your energy. You're going to suck all of yes. mine, and, but we're going to be in a special relationship. And you owe me something. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You owe me stuff. You, you're, you're responsible for making me feel good and sexy and turned on and alive and all those things. I mean, it's really just such a setup to be powerless victims in our lives. And, you know, of course, like there, we're always going to encounter moments of confrontation and moments of that pain being reactivated. And I don't want, you know, anyone to leave this episode thinking like there's like a happily ever after of this loving relationship with yourself. Cause there's always, more to learn and more layers and more, more to unpack and more layers to grow. But the difference that I see with you, that I see with me, with Catherine, with, with all of the women that I have in my life is the commitment. We have the, the, the time, the lag time is shorter 
of like the, when the trigger happens and then when we have the shift back to our whole and complete and expansive self, it's shorter because we're so committed to, you know, using our tools, our healing tools. And you're going to share one shortly about self-hypnosis. Like it's a shorter process um, to actually getting back to our center, to getting back to that anchored aligned place within ourselves, because you know, I mean, here's the thing when your whole life is set up to feel good and you know, you, you have so much amazingness in your life. It's so obvious when you feel bad. Whereas in my life before I used to, my, I used to feel shitty and anxious and, you know, disconnected from myself most of the time. And so like it, 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 that was my normal, but when you, when you learn how to really let go of those things that don't feel good and do the, the inner healing, and this is one incredible way to do that and start shifting those beliefs and start shifting your relationship with yourself and how you treat yourself. Um, you're, you're, it's almost like your center point becomes, expansiveness. So, so when you feel off or like for me, when I feel anxious, it's not a normal feeling anymore. So it's an indicator. It's like, Oh, okay. And, and I'll either go in and do some, use some tools on myself and do a little processing myself with the tools that I, you know, teach my clients, or I will call a healer or I'll have a session with you or I'll, you know, do something to actually get back to my center if I have a hard time getting back myself. But it's just so freeing to be able to take responsibility. Yes. Radical responsibility. It's the best feeling in the world. And knowing that you always say this to me too, all of your emotions are totally valid. They're showing you what's underneath the surface. So when I, you know, a tool that I use when I'm in a low or when I'm in a moment of contrast and I'm feeling, you know, and I had to do this on myself when, you know, that man said to me, I'm just not that into you. It was, was a trigger. showing you a very opposite thing. Like he was behaving in a very opposite yes. way. We'll say that behaving. Yeah. Way, yeah. Way. Honestly, yeah. I don't judge it. I take his words for what they were. There was yeah. a trigger moment and I sat in my trigger and I let the tears flow. And I, I wrote out all the things I meant and mean about myself, all mm. of the things so like do a brain dump of what's already under the surface. You've been, you're reacting to it anyways. I said like the craziest things, like what went on my list are things like you smell bad. That went on my list. Okay. Like obviously that's ridiculous, but yeah, came up. up, Right. And so then when I, when the energy was out of my body and I did a brain dump, then there's an opportunity for reprogramming. Well, then the, Mm. the, the energy has calmed down a little bit self-hypnosis. Again, you're going to get your nervous system nice and calm. I would suggest going into a deep meditation guided or not calming the nervous system once the tears have settled and on the other side of all of those self-limiting or hateful things you said about yourself start writing down affirmations smell Mm. you know smell bad is now smell like I actually have the best smell and the truth is I actually know I smell really good like I actually so Mm. like my conscious mind knew that right so I am uh I am powerful and desirable I am Mm. an extension of love I am a goddess queen I am just adjusting my crown, taking my rightful place in the throne. There is nothing that anyone else can say because I know who I am. Those are things mm. you can start, you know, writing down and make, saying them enough times in your mind that they, that's what comes up when a self-limiting comes up. You're like, no, delete, 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 new affirmation, enter. I'm perfect. Yes. Right. And so yeah. there's amazing apps you can get to start. There's an app called think up, which is uh, you can record your own affirmations. You can get the I am app and create your own affirmations. 
and start to, once you know what's underneath it all, start to reprogram so that that becomes your go-to belief and thought and uh, an idea. I love that. I love that. And I love, I think the most important thing is what I, what I haven't liked about affirmations in the past is that often people just teach just that. And it's like putting icing on top of poo. Like it's not going to change how it (laughs) tastes. It's still going to taste like poo. Like it's just not a good idea. Whereas, you know, that's that it's putting like the, the, Oh, I, you know, believing that you're ugly and then looking in the mirror and saying, I'm beautiful is like putting icing on poo. It's not actually going to do anything versus getting out all the painful, the, the beliefs that you have about yourself and feeling the pain and getting to that place. And, you know, in, if I were, if this were with my work, you've got your saboteurs, the one telling that little girl inside all those shitty things about her. So you let the saboteur vent and then you call on your heroine, which is your soul self, and your heroine's the one who starts telling that little girl amazing things about yourself. So for any of you who have a hard time actually telling yourself nice things like this and, 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 and rewriting that story, imagine you're saying it to little you, because really when we're beating ourselves up and believing the shitty things, it's like we're, we're telling that little kid inside that she sucks and that she stinks and that she's not lovable and not worthy. Totally. So and that's it, why for little you meditation is so important. It's that connection to your higher self. Yes. Because, you know, when you became into this world, like you just think of what's happening in your magical vessel, like you're breathing in and out without even thinking millions yes. and trillions of cells are operating. Blood is throwing through your body. You are a magical being that is the truth. Capital T. And yes. so how quickly we become, we, we get pulled into, no, no, I'm unworthy. But if he likes me, I'm worthy. Like what? Or if she likes me, I'm worthy. That's just, it it doesn't actually make sense. So once you start writing it all down and crying through, and like you said, imagining your younger baby self and its perfection, like you've always Mm. been and starting to, you know, integrate with that version of you through a letting go, clearing out the residue and building something new from an empty place. Love this so much. And I mean, I just think you're the perfect person to teach this. Uh, what's your Instagram? Dana At Dana That's right. <laughs> um, well, your name will be under, so they'll be able to see your name. Right. But yeah, so follow Dana on Instagram. She is, you're the perfect person to teach us because you are so fucking embodied in this work. And I, I lived with Dana for almost a month. And like every day, I mean, I would wake up, that was the sweetest. I wake up every morning and there'd be like the most beautiful meditation music playing. And she'd already like, she'd get up at five and I get up at like eight and she would, she would already be like angelic presence. And she would, <laughs> she would be like, I made you your but bu- butter bulletproof coffee or whatever. And she made me this delicious coffee. And, and, and it was, we just sit there in meditation and movement and just like this beautiful heart centered heart open. And then I watched life rock you. I mean, God, your ha- one of your house flooded and what I had a scam. I had a tra- you had a scam. Yeah. A tragedy, three things with houses. Like first you got scammed out of a house, like six grand. Then mm-hmm. you got flooded, completely flooded. And all your stuff was floating in your bedroom. And like, I mean, Costa Rica will, <laughs> will challenge you. you and rock you in, in many ways. It obviously comes with a million blessings, but, mm-hmm. but it was so, I mean, I feel so fucking privileged and honored to be your friend and to, to watch how you walk through life because this woman, I mean, her house flooded and what happened? She was like, okay. So she stayed up all night and I got a message in the morning and I'm like, what? I could have come over and helped. And I was like sleeping while you were like 
you know, scooping water out of your, and like saving your dog and saving all your belongings. And she was like, something better is coming. And, and she was so anchored. And of course you had your feelings, you moved through the feelings, Mm -hmm. but, but you were just like, something's better, better is coming, coming. And then all of a sudden this house shows up. It's like where we got to live together. And it was a palace and like the, the most amazing man who's European, like lent us his house. And we got to let you live there for the whole summer. I got to live there for almost a month and it was so beautiful and luxurious. And it was like such an upgrade from the beautiful house you were in before that flooded. And it was so cool because things like this happen for Dana because she believes it because she's cleaned out all of those faulty beliefs about herself that she's not worthy. And so the universe, like when she gets rocked, she knows it's for a greater purpose. So I always say this to my clients that when life challenges us, it's a catalyst for something greater. So every woman who's, you know, boyfriend just ended her relationship or husband just left or whatever the situation is where you get rocked and things don't go how you think they're supposed to go, something greater is coming. And that is a catalyst for you to step into this next version of yourself. So it's just been whatever's for our highest evolution. That is what we're here to do. Come closer to love. So if that has to happen through contrast, then I surrender. And, yes. uh, you know, maybe some of us are meant to have many, many, many relationships versus one teaching. Relationship, Exa- oh my right? God. Yes. Uh, yes. I think a lot of us are meant to have many, many relationships and we're <laughs> still all buying into the story that we're only supposed to have one, which keeps us in so much suffering and missing out on all these epic shorter term, long-term, whatever relationships yes. that are there for us. Yes. So hell yeah. Well, and and, you know, if you want to work with Dana, um, you want a session with her, the thing that is my, I, cause I have worked with other hypnotherapists, my favorite thing about you, I mean, you're the best and you're so delightful to work for and so fucking loving and nurturing and so beautiful. Um, but my favorite thing about her actual work is she records in the session, a meditation for you to listen to for 21 days and sends it to you after, because do you want to talk about the 21 days? Yeah, it takes 21 days to reprogram the mind, right? So as you're falling asleep or as you're waking up or when you're in a point of trigger to place those affirmations, calm the nervous system and start to reprogram the mind so that now when I think about, you know, a loving relationship, I'm not like, I can't wait to meet the one. I'm like, I am the one. Every time I have a desire for something outside of me, it's a sign for me that I need to go inwards, that I haven't spent enough time loving myself. And so Mm. yeah, the 21 days is about reprogramming the mind. Uh, so that you, you know, you become the conduit for your own change. This is amazing. Is there, can you do like a special new truth discount? I didn't even ask you this before, sure. but like sure. a little, little something, something. Absolutely. So um, we'll share, a, is there a booking link we can put below this yeah, episode? Yeah, it's, uh, you can go to my website, danashalit.com or in my Instagram under links, there's a book a discovery call option and we can jump on a Perfect. call and talk about it. Amazing. So we'll have a special little new truth. So let her know you came from the new truth podcast. and There'll be a special little discount for you. And, um, she is, yeah, just freaking amazing. So thank you so much. Do you have any last words around limiting beliefs around love, around love relationships, dating that you want to share? I would just say that you've got this and you truly are a beautiful extension of love. Mm. So just remember it, own it because you're totally worth it and you're totally worthy. And, and it's so possible. Like, it just feel like so beautiful witnessing who you are in the world now and knowing where you came from not that long ago. Mm-hmm. Let Dana be your model of showing you what's possible because so often we think we're stuck and there's, you know, stuck in being 
in believing these things about ourselves forever, but absolutely transformation is so possible. You just have to choose it. Absolutely. Thank you love so it. much. Thank you, love. That was amazing. So love fun. You. Love you. See you soon. Bye. Hi, it's Kate. Thanks so much for listening to the New Truth Podcast. For more of Catherine and I, come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group. We are in there. That's where we're sharing all about our programs and our free workshops that we do. Um, You can come join us there and ask as many questions as you want about the podcast episodes, about dating, relationships, any struggles you're having out there. We would love to support you. So come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group and we will see you soon.